for all my people out there that got a job. I started throwing bass. He started throwing back mid-range. But when I sprung the question, he acted kind of strange. Then when I asked, do you got the ring? He tried to pretend. He said, no, I don't. I already got it spent. Come on. I ain't going for that. This is what I'm going to sing. Okay, listen. You, you smoked all my weed. And you still ain't paid no rent. And you still ain't paid no rent. Oh, baby. Welcome back to another episode of Bree the Black Sheep. I'm your host, Bree the Black Sheep, the Black Bachelorette, self-proclaimed. Because I don't want these niggas. These niggas want me. And that was my very elegant rendition of Biz Marquis, Just a Friend. Rest in peace, Biz Marquis. It's crazy because I was just in the record store with my mom. My mom flew into town, you guys, to Brooklyn to see a girl. And I took her into this dope-ass record store. And one of the... One of my favorite records that I found, a vinyl record, was Biz Marquis' record. And I was just telling her how amazing he was and how that was like the first song where like a nigga took the L and the woman got over and he just put it. He was just totally fine with Drake crying about um, a woman and just letting people know he had feelings like that. And I just I love Biz Marquis. He was always goofy. He was an amazing, amazing, blah. He was an amazing DJ, like one of the best. I know we probably only know that one song from him, but he was dope. He was like a real ass MC. So rest in peace to another icon gone too too soon. I know he had been battling. He had been sick a long time and battling diabetes and he really, really wanted to live and change his life. So very sad to hear him gone. Huh, but yeah, speaking of my mother, she came into town. She bought my Zitty cat. So much has happened in this week, just alone. So many things. Uh, Zuri is adjusting so well. I took her by to see her school. My mom literally came and hooked up my entire house. I mean, I, she went to sleep at 2 a.m. and woke up. I woke up at 9 a.m. She had been up since 7 and she had just single-handedly did my whole house over by herself. She is such a superwoman. So blessed to have her. And she made the transition of Zuri coming to New York so smooth. Zuri's happy. I'm happy. And I was so sad when my mama left. But it's just been a lot going on in this past week, you guys. I know my last episode was with Jody. I hope you are listening to his music because it's the fucking bomb. But since then, like, there's been wildfires um, in Oregon. And it when you go outside, you can literally feel the heat. It's so thick. It's the world is burning. My vagina's burning. Vaginas are always doing something. My mom took me to the, the grocery store and we spent like, 400 she spent 400 dollars on me literally y'all she's the best she just was like i'm gonna deck out your whole everything your house i'm gonna stock it up so she could leave in peace and I, we got to the register and the lady was like you know how you just got that itching and you just want to scratch your foot but you can't because you got to take your shoe off and i was like bitch you know how you just got that itch and your vagina you can't scratch it because people think you're dirty because vaginas are always doing something <sighs> i digress let's get these nuts off y'all these nuts Okay, my first nut. And I know y'all niggas is thinking, ew, who wants her first nut? And she just talked about vagina. Don't worry, guys. My pussy is still pretty, still perfect, still celibate. Just things be thinking. Damn. No, but my first nut, guys, is serious. Cuba is... And to say a crisis is an understatement. Cuba is going through it right now. My amazing friend Dahlia has been keeping everyone in the loop about it. She, I had her on an earlier episode, fashion curator, amazing woman, 
boss ass bitch. She is she was on vacation and came back early from vacation just to come protest and stand up for her people. She is true to the cause. So basically in Cuba, it's so it's a mess. The they've been in like a long ass dictatorship and they're basically starving their people. Meanwhile, the government is living amazing and the elite and their children are perfectly fine while these people are literally starving, waiting eight hours in line for a piece of bread. People are not able to leave their house. It's like a war zone. It's It's been awful in Cuba to the point where people started realizing how good the government was living and letting them starve for no reason. They start going outside protesting, figuring out what's going on, and they shut down the Internet. Literally in Cuba, they shut down the Internet and protests were still going because everyone was that tired. When you think about the fact that we're in 2021 and there's people right now that are literally starving with no access to food and water, it's fucking wild. But in the same country, there are many rich people who are who have well above their means enough to feed the whole country. Literally, the rich one percent have enough to feed the whole fucking country and they're letting people fucking starve. I really, really advise you do your research on what's going on in Cuba because it's scary. It's literally what's happening in the U.S. on a way grander scale. And it's a small, way smaller country. But they are starving their people like that. And the dictatorship is insane because they cut off the Internet and they're trying to blame people who are in protest, 16 year old boys, young children. There was a video of like 20 officers beating the shit out of a child, a fucking child. Like it's it's wild what's going on there, but they're trying to blame like little children for being like they're they're misleading the people, telling them that these people protesting are actually just against the government and trying to overthrow the government, working for the CIA, working for the U.S., got all these ties, just bullshit, throwing out lies just to cover up how awful this dictatorship is like there is a way that the world moves where the rich are literally just living obnoxiously so while other people are legit starving and there's money that these people have that other people that they won't ever see some of these people have millions that they won't see their grandchildren won't see they're just gonna be that rich for no reason and you think it's from working hard but it's just passing down richness that they've built off the backs of other poor people it's not things they worked hard for it's handed down when they could be feeding the fucking world and they don't care they don't care that people that look just like them are dying cuba is an absolute it's in crisis right now and it's very scary to think about because these are humans you think that this is another country and it doesn't affect you and it's no, oh, well, like, what can we do about it? This is still us. This could be us a month from now. Our government is so fucking corrupt. These these other countries that you just think are like third world countries. Oh, well, they're all fucked up. It's not like that. It's a fucking lie that America feeds you to make you think less than of these people. These are humans. These are babies. These are children. There's moms who don't know where the fuck their kids are. They don't know where their children are. And I want you to know it could happen to us at any second. It's wild and it's scary. And we should care. We we march for ourselves. We march for, for what's right. But we need to march for humans. Because it's really fucked up. <sighs> so guys, please, again, keep your peace through these nuts. Because these nuts are heavy. They're, the world is in a state of fucking shock. It's, it just, it's all downhill from here, apparently. Um... My third nut 
the Haitian president was assassinated, which is, it just really, really blows my mind to know that this didn't happen to Trump. I mean, that this happened. Like, what a tragedy. Couple thoughts, because it's kind of wild that the Haitian president has been in office by force. You know, he did his term and where he's supposed to give power over to the next person and do the whole system to change presidency. He just didn't. Nigga was like, no, he did what Trump was trying to do. He literally just halted everything and he continued his presidency. He's still been the president and or now not, but he had still been the president up until his assassination and his term was well over. So they assassinated him and tried to assassinate his wife. And it's it's just so crazy to know that people are that fed up that 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 this is this is a reality. The violence seems to never stop. And, you know, my dad is Haitian and I was not submerged in any Haitian culture. Unfortunately, I don't know enough about uh, my roots and my father's roots, but I've, I came to Brooklyn and got, I'm way closer to my Haitian family and I'm hoping to learn more. But Haitian culture is beautiful. Haiti is amazing. And this is wild. It's, it's wild that so many countries are going through these problems everywhere. It's so fucked up. And many of these countries have been touched by you know, white assassination, just white people coming over there, fucking up all of their shit and it just continuing. And you sit there and you think these people have just, they're in the fucking ghetto and just all savages. Nah, they're us. Dog, they're us. They literally, we we just seem so privileged and above this shit, but this could happen to us at any time. Your freedom is never, we are never free. We are not free. We have to fight for freedom. And just because they look different than us does not mean that their problems are not still serious. So, Please do some research on Haiti and Cuba and keep keep the people in your mind and your minds and your prayers because as much as we complain about here, we are still privileged in so many aspects. Because at the end of the day, I can walk to my kitchen and get some fucking water. I can make sure my daughter has water. I can go outside and pay twice the amount of gro- for groceries that I pay in Texas, and my starter my daughter can still eat. So, uh, just be blessed and keep these people in your mind. Go out and protest if you can. I've had to work so much, but and Zuri just got here, but I really want to do what I can. And I'll leave a, a link in the bio if you guys want to donate or figure out how you can help. My fourth nut is an annoying ass microaggression that I just need to get off real quick. I'm not going to spend too much time on this because I'm just not trying to bring my mood down. But I was seeing a video on Facebook of this beautiful dark skinned black baby uh, in the bath. I don't even remember what the commercial was for but gorgeous baby and you see out of the frame comes in the hands of what you think is their mother who starts to then bathe this beautiful baby white hands and I went to the comments because I'm like you see it I know y'all see it because I see it and all these black women had seen the same thing that I had seen and it was literally all black women we all in the comments were like we ain't gonna say it but we all see it and somebody was like them hands look a little too white for that body like white the highest of the caucus mountains have climbed whiteness like and this baby is dark black and it just it got me to realize that this happens in so many fucking commercials like when there is a black person especially dark skin they always have to balance it out with whiteness dark skin man uh not even dark skin black man white wife black woman white wife mixed children always it's like 
blackness is something we can never be proud of. It's never anything that they want to be out there proudly. It has to be saturated or validated with whiteness. It's so weird to me. It's like we are the only race of people who are not allowed to be proud of our heritage. And I've I've realized that so because it like it's this is validated in so many things that happens to me. Just just when you see people in their in their Instagram profiles, you see whatever race they are, German, Dutch, that's proudly put, their flag is put of whatever it is. And you you literally that's why my a bio on Instagram. It's just black mixed with black because it's like the one thing that people act like it is just so wrong to be proud of or that you can't just proudly just black American black American culture seems like something that the moment you announce it, it's like something you should be degraded. I was having a conversation with a girl this week who's biracial. Uh, father is black and she looks black. She looks like a black girl with just curly, loose hair. Beautiful girl. And she was telling me that one of her friends told her like, yeah, you're mixed, but you don't look black. You just look full Hispanic. And she was like, she just said it like a fact. And I was like, um, you look black. You definitely look black. And the friend and the person that we were with, who was all Hispanic, looked like shot her eyes at me crazy, looking at me like, don't tell her that. Like, she literally gave me a look that looked like, don't tell her that. Why the fuck would you say something like that? But also mixed with like annoyance. Like, who are you to think that she should be so proud of that? And I was looking at her like, bitch, who are you? What What is so wrong with us being proud to be black? She legit looks like a black girl. Why would I lie to her about what we are? Why would I let her go around? And what what is it when she was saying that she was just Hispanic? No one had a problem with that. No one looks crazy. But then when I say, no, she looks black, which she looks, it's an issue. It's so wild to me. You guys like try to program it in our head to run away from our blackness or be weirded out about it. Like when black women proclaim how proud they are to be black, it's always bitches in the room. That's like, and y'all think y'all so better than us. No bitch. You think we're better than you because why the fuck would you be so threatened by me being proud to be that? I don't give a fuck if you proud to be what you are. Proclaim that shit. Do you, what is so wrong with us being proud of our blackness and staying strong to that? It's like every other race has an issue with that shit. Y'all act like black people is so weird or or wrong to be black. And it's further frustrating for us. And it's such a huge microaggression because the same things y'all get upset about us or or don't like about us. Y'all let other people of other races do it and y'all put them in everything, show them off. And it's annoying to me. Like, I'm tired of seeing these commercials where black blackness has to be has to be saturated and. There's so many people behind the scenes, so many things that y'all use from black people, from black culture, but never want to put black people on the forefront. Just black people showing off these things that y'all still all the time. Anyways, I digress because I need to get this fifth nut off and it's then we're going to get on to, to the subject. But my fifth nut is I am so thankful to be out of the Republican ass ghetto. And I know I say this all the time and I feel so bad for my people who are still in Texas, but fuck that shit. My fifth nut is about the fact that they are really trying to cover up history in Texas. They just passed a bill basically saying that they're not teaching slavery anymore. They're not even teaching like Martin Luther King's speech. They've taken that out of all the textbooks. And I'm annoyed and like furious 
about white people doing this, but we know white people going white. We know white people are going to try to erase history and they trying to get rid of all the white guilt they can. So they can just make black gaslight the fact gaslight the fuck out of black people into thinking like they're just angry for no reason. They're just crazy because if we don't teach them that slavery happened, they're just walking around with a chip on their shoulder, bitter ass Bettys. But it's really gets to me that black people, oh, there's so many black people who are online. They're like, yes, I'm glad they're finally doing this. Stop teaching my kids this. And when my kids, when there's slavery being taught in this Black History Month, I tell them to take my child out of class because I don't want them thinking that other people are above them and being taught that, blah, blah. Y'all sound fucking crazy. You thinking that you're doing your child a service by not teaching them what the fuck is going on in the world does not serve them. I had an amazing mother who raised me to just love everyone. She ra- she never taught me what racism was, which you would think would be healthier. But when you raise your children out of love and then people attack them and treat them a certain way, get denied jobs, can't go into certain spaces, get kicked out of clubs for whatever, don't get let in, can't apply to certain jobs because your name sounds too black. You're trying to sell your home and it's getting under appraised. When them things happen and you've taught your children that nut- race doesn't exist and they're the same as everyone else, it gaslights them into thinking that they're crazy when they can't get ahead in life no teach them what's going on teach them why it's happening teach them that slavery happened teach them that we're oppressed as fuck yes we are the same humans are all the same we get what you're trying to say but trying to teach black people that when you're born in this world and a white person stands next to you y'all get all the same access no matter what you're fucking you're not only gaslighting them you're lying That's just not the truth. And if you don't teach them these things and teach them how to stand up for themselves, how to call out the microaggressions that happen to us every motherfucking day, then you're just teaching your children to think that they're crazy when it happens to them. No, we need to be fighting against the fact that they're trying to racist. If there's ever a law passed in a Republican state that all white people are in favor of, something's probably fucking wrong. It's not for you. You think they're trying to get rid of a historic black history? And the things they've done to black people to better black people. What fucking sense does that make? Yeah, we know the world is racist, but let's just get rid of all of the mechanisms that tells you why it's racist. So you can just come and succeed in life and know that while you're oppressed, it really doesn't mean anything. What the fuck? I don't even know how I got to that sentence because it don't make sense. I refuse to spend that much time on this night because like I'm just so built up. It's this is probably one of the first nuts that I've gotten off that I just don't feel better afterwards. Like I'm gonna have to actually get off for a second and masturbate to get it really off because I've worked myself up. Vagina, please don't be vagina in. Let's take a break. Let's come back and start this show. Oh, <sighs> so I don't mean to make this such a heavy episode, heavy on the heavy, but. This was something that spoke to me and was prompted from a conversation I had with my mother while we were here. We had such a good time each night. We we made margaritas and just made drinks and we just talked. It was good to have a vulnerable moment with my mom who is not really a vulnerable person. She's very, it's wild because she's very loving and she's very strong and always has everyone's back, literally like the matriarch of my entire family. She really is. She's that person who had a hand on everyone's kids. So we were just talking. She was, we were just being so open and it it just felt really good to, to, to feel like two adults speaking about things. And we just kind of went over like our family line and 
I was telling her about the ancestors and how I talked to my ancestors and just asking about stories, asking about my roots, asking about things that we never talked about for some reason. And I started to realize how much recycled pain goes through lineage, how much you pass on recipes, you pass on um, quilts, blankets, you pass on all type of, of little emblems and heirlooms. But you also pass on pain. You also really, really pass down pain from generation to generation. And this isn't to expose my family or anything because we have just a regular black, amazing family. And for the most part, I had a very, very amazing and normal childhood. So this is just to say how, how like black lies, black ties, and like our lives, like literally the the way our black families are webbed together and the lies and the ties and like how it affects each person's life is is astounding. And when you're raised from childhood, you're expected to just forgive people, get over things because that's family. You were taught this. You were taught this loyalty and it's never in a way where you're being loyal or faithful to yourself it's always like for a greater good for a greater purpose and it comes down heavily on women because we bear the burden and the brunt of a lot of things but I just I wanted to talk about how pain affects everyone in this world because we live in America where our society is sick like the U.S. our culture here is extremely sick even the people who don't believe it, who have like great lives, even white people who can benefit the most, there is a sickness here that we cannot deny. We were talking to Kira's, to uh, my best friend Kira's husband, John, and he was talking about how in France, like people drink from young ages. They can like, people drink throughout the day, wine and go out, you know, Amsterdam, weed has been legal there. But in these countries, it's not like a profound sense of violence or like, People like overdosing or people drink there all the time. People smoke Amsterdam all the time, but no one's ODing on weed. No one's um, in France just, you know, I'm sure there's alcoholics, but it's not like a huge problem here. He's like, they don't push all these pills, medications to help people with their depression and all that. So I think our society is sick. And I think that each individual, we're such individualists that all the pain we have, we recycle it upon other people. And it's almost in a way that people don't even realize that they're doing it or care. They legit don't. They just are living their lives and what feels best to them. Because when you think about like addicts, drug addicts, and I, I was telling my mom, like people don't do those things. It's not, she always felt like weed was like a gateway drug or like this drug gets you on this drug, then you're on this thing. But I was trying to explain to her, people do things to make themselves feel good. When you're living in our society, we're sick. People can't afford to health care, basic necessities. Everybody wants to run to a thing that'll make them feel better. Whether, remember I was saying earlier, this is the first time I, I haven't needed to feel like I needed weed to just to deal with the regular bullshit I deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. People are trying to find that. People are trying to find that good feeling. People just want to wake up and feel something that's not pain. And a lot of that pain they put on other people. That's why even like murderers or people who you think are just like sick in the head or we call them crazy and we write them off. People 
yeah, people are sick. People are in pain. People are have fucked up childhoods, things that have been normalized, things that people aren't even talking about. Majority of the time, women are being raped. The majority of women you know right now have been raped or abused in some way. And it's not even in commercials talking and telling people not to rape or or these things. Like there's sicknesses that are so normalized in American culture that I feel like the people here are literally sick. I feel like if we don't start to to work to heal and get to the root of what's really making us sick, we will always harm other people. I had a baby at 19 years old. I was a senior in college. I went to, to school very young and I was just about to start like leaving out of my junior year and, and was big pregnant and found out when I didn't know. I don't think that I had the capacity and the tools to really understand how much pain I was in mentally and how I was not even an adult in my head. I hadn't even been able to fully form as a, as a human. And I passed on pain to my daughter. I had to truly heal and do the work to be able to give her a good feeling. I wanted to pass on good feelings to her, but I couldn't when I was in pain. You can be as aware as you want of what's going on in your life and, and and the ways or things are not right. But if you're not doing the work to change it, you will recycle that pain onto other people. It's like guaranteed. There is no way to be aware enough to not cause people pain when you're in pain all day. There's no way to pour from your empty cup. And this is why I think therapy is so huge. If people could start to realize that like there are issues that you may not even be realizing you're affected by a lot of people are fucked up from childhood a lot of people stopped growing at childhood because it was the last age where they were safe and felt secure enough to keep developing as a person something happened to them whether they were raped abused emotionally just degraded there's a point in time where people can just literally stop growing stop feeling safe enough to 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 feed off of love and, and nurture and be nurtured enough. And they're just now fighting for survival because they've they've been in so much pain. And when you feel that kind of feeling, you pass it on and you you I mean not you you may not even be aware of it. When you feel that type of feeling, you you feel nothing else, right? You're just trying to wake up every day and make it. You turn to alcohol, you turn to drugs, you turn to sex, you turn to your partner, you turn to whatever can give you an outlet to feel good about your insecurities, about how fucked up you are, but you're not turning to yourself to figure out what it is. So when you think about pain, you have to start thinking about it as a solution. And I know that like we're in a society where like, damn, for a lot of people, it, it feels like nothing can get better. But while there are so many things we can't control, you can start to figure out ways that you can take control of your surroundings because I was in a place before just recently making all these big changes in my life where excuse me y'all where I was just I was just lost I was so aware of what was going on that I needed to change my life and I still was so drained at the end of the day I would get off work I was so tired it was Barely enough to keep taking care of my children or or doing every using what I had left to make them be OK and just enough to go out today. And then I was depleted. 
And so it, it took me changing everything. I mean, everything for me to grow and to heal. So when you think about pain in a sense of having a solution, you have to, there's going to be a point where you, you legit have a midlife crisis. Like it starts with a thought because anyone who has done the healing and done the work, there was always a point in time where they woke up. Literally there is a day. And for me, it like I always felt aware, but there was a day when I realized that everything had to change for me to change for me to really be better everything had to change. And it starts with like a thought. You you wake up and you're just like, this shit's wrong. And I think mine's happened in college. I got to college where I was able to, I was free of my parents and could actually have my own ideas and fight for my own identity outside of my uh, household. And that's not to say that parents who teach us everything they taught us is wrong, but they're they're teaching us in a way that this is what it is that's like, that's what it is. They're not teaching us in a sense of helping you and guiding you grow into your own thoughts. They're giving you thoughts and telling you think these thoughts or you're outcasted or you're made to feel a certain way. If you don't, you're literally degraded or, or ha- like harassed if you don't feel the same way as everyone else, because it's all, it's almost like the way that these ideas that have been passed down from generation to generation is law. And going outside of law is going outside of someone's whole existence. So for me, when I had to start healing and growing, it really meant cutting off everyone. And I think for a lot of people, it's hard to think about like healing or even not believe, even thinking that what they've thought forever is wrong because then it means cutting off your your entire existence, which you have have thought to be what was right all this time. So I'll give an example. When I started to realize that, you know, religion and everything wasn't for me, it wasn't just, okay, I'm not religious. I can just not be this. Boom. No, it took me. I, I don't believe in religion because, you know, or following the Bible or Christianity because it's sexist. It's this and this. And then once you start to follow those ideas, you like have a midlife crisis because the people around you follow these ideas. They treat you different because you're a woman. They say that you're supposed to do this because you're a woman and you have to not only start to believe and trust in what you know to be true, but then you have to fight what everyone else is thinking. So if you ever want to truly change like your life and heal, it may mean cutting off so many people that you love. And it's it's something that a lot of people won't do or won't want to do. It's too uncomfortable. It's too scary thinking of living outside of this existence they always knew right and for me it was terrifying but it made it easier because who I truly was inside was a direct conflict in what these people believed so let's just say white people they find out their parents are have raised them to be racist um they want to go they want to fight for their black friends they want to stand up for these people but their parents are racist they're not black so at the end of the day you can you can still fight that idea and it may be hard, but there are times when you can recede and, and go into your comfort because you have the privilege of not being what they're fighting against. For me, I, like I didn't kind of get the choice and not saying either is better or harder to deal with. But for me, it kind of felt like my healing was forced because who I was was a direct. It was directly against what everyone around me was believing in. So for me to heal and grow, I truly had to 
follow every little idea and everything that I thought through. Like, okay, I don't believe this because of this. And then what does that mean? Does that mean that I'm this and that this is going on? Like, and, and that's scary for so many people. I mean, it was scary for me and it felt very alone. And all I knew was that I didn't want to feel how I've been feeling. So while follow Christianity, having my family support, being whatever they wanted me to be straight or just normal felt good because I got my family. It felt wrong because it was not who I was inside. And that was more painful than anything. So now I'm recycling pain. Now I'm in pain, hiding this blah, blah. Then I got to go to the next person and in my friendship and pretend. And like it to me was too much for me to keep pretending. And when I had to actually follow who I'm supposed to be and and start to do the healing process. Shit. <laughs> it it was very painful. It was something that if I was just a straight girl who didn't have to really go against my family, I probably wouldn't have done it. I pro- I don't know. I don't know because I've always been really aware and fought for people, but had I not been so directly impacted and not able, like I was stunted, I would have been stunted. And I'm lucky, lucky enough that these things happened to me very, very young in a sense. So college is still young. I still get to live the rest of my life knowing that I'm committed to growing and reshaping my thoughts and getting rid of negative things. But for me, it felt like life or death because if I don't grow, I, I truly feel like I would be killing myself and killing my children. I would be poisoning them. This world is already sick. And yes, it's scary to think about fighting every single thing because down to the core of what this country stands for is evil. It's literal fucking evil. So to be aware enough to not want to be sick and follow the shit that we've just been fed and digested, you've got to change everything. You have got to fucking be brave enough to do the work to like let go of everything you thought to be true and start to truly form your ideas. Me and Kiara was sitting down about this. And sometimes when we're like going back and forth and just bumping off each other's ideas, I I feel like we're like the guy on the board who was just like writing all these things. I feel like she told me this. Someone, Someone was telling me this. You know, the guy from Always Sunny in Philadelphia who's like writing these things and he's like unraveling. It's like, that's how me and Kiara, we'll like start an idea. We're like, oh, star, gold, planet, moon. And we're like, bitch, ain't that fucking crazy? Literally. It's like, I'm still learning. We're still having epiphanies, but we were just talking about how like, when you start to really see everything that's wrong in the world, people don't want to fucking give that up. It's like, we were talking about like veterans, war heroes who have done all these killings, have done all these tours in Iraq and and wherever. And we were talking about how they like they have to believe fully in in um the army and what it means to be a veteran. They have to wear that proudly because if not, then they would have to actually come to terms with how awful the things they did, regardless. If, if you uphold the army and, and you're so like amazed by it and just, you know, we are fighting for our country and protecting democracy, then it's OK to murder. Then it's OK to do these savage things. But if you're just thinking in terms of what's good and bad, murder is still murder. So 
to to start to believe that this country's evil and we're going to other countries and just killing people for no reason. If you start to actually unravel and think what's really happening, then you'll start to realize you yourself, it'll it, like it'll send you. Like, who the fuck am I if I've just been murdering people freely because of a, a country that told me to and these other people were not were innocent. They were just doing what they were told to. Who wants to think that? It's easier for people to sit around and believe what they've been taught because then you have to hold yourself accountable if not. And I had to hold myself accountable. I had to hold my ass to the fire. I do it all the time. I say stupid shit all the time. Like, Really, really dumb stuff. And I have to sit down and I'm literally at night in my bed laying down saying the things that I did out loud so I can hear the effects that I have caused to make sure that I'm getting it right. I told you I have a crazy guilty conscience and I'm like constantly trying to make sure that I'm aware enough of everyone else. And it's to the point it's not really healthy, but it's enough for me to know that I'm doing the work to not affect people and recycling pain because... Man, just sitting down with my mom and, and talking about like the, some of the things that have happened to the people in my family and how I was like, mom, we're all a bad guy in someone's eyes. Like I can easily have just continued to not grow and, and grown up and affected Zuri and just continue to live my life in a lie to make her feel good and make her know that these are the morals we've been taught. So you live your life in a lie and recycle that pain. And she could have grown up thinking like, my mom's a bad person or my mom did this to me or my mom affected me, but I'm going to do the work. So I'm not that person in her eyes. But even if I was that person, it's like, I, I was a victim at some point I was a victim. And then I passed on that to her. So in her eyes, I may be a bad person, but in my eyes, I'm a victim. And that's what recycle pain is. It's just victims turning other people into victims. I hate to bring up this man, but R. Kelly finding out he was raped when he was a child and then passing that on. And just that one man who was became a victim at childhood, then grew up feeling pain, never becoming healed and affected all of these lives. Let's just say he affected 10 women. Then those 10 women who were children when he touched them grew up and then they affect all their children. That's one fucking abuser. That's literally one person. Can you think of all the recycled pain that happens in this world just by people choosing to to be a narcissist or choose to just not get healed and and continue on believing? I always say a person who's not willing to grow, get the fuck from around me. Like, what, why are you here? If you're not willing to admit that you like don't know it all, then don't come near me. And I know I don't know it all. I talk sometimes like I know it all. And I know that I, every day I can be wrong. People can write me for my podcast and tell me, oh, you said this wrong. Okay, bitch, let me correct myself next episode. That's all. Like, I'm never afraid to keep to keep learning and growing. There is like, I know I'm insecure, but there's some things I'm hella arrogant about. And that's one of them. Like, how I affect people and my power to, to never stop growing. That's power. People think it's powerful to know everything and to just go and lighten everyone. You will never know everything. And you look ignorant as fuck when you pretend you do instead of wanting to grow. So I encourage everyone after listening to this, what's that thought? What's that thing that you want to explore that you have been taught that may not be something that you are really aligned with? I encourage you to follow that thought. Unravel, bitch. Start shaking and start realizing that everything in your existence and everything around you and all the people have been feeding you lies and the government and blah, blah, blah and aliens in space. 
fucking unravel. Like, do it. Because that midlife crisis will send you into a place of healing that you've never gone before because you weren't afraid to go there. Go there, bitch. Bloop. Let's take a break and I'll bring you guys Black Sheep of the Week. Okay, my black sheep of the week is three different people because I am just so amazed at the ground we're breaking at this time. So the first black sheep of the week is going to go to Lena Bloom. She's the first trans woman to graze the cover of Sports Illustrated. Props to you, Sports Illustrated, because this week, all three of my black sheep have been on your covers, and I'm just blown away. So we know it's a huge deal to see trans people in any space or capacity because their rights are constantly trying to be taken away. And they're them, them, period. They're just it's like they're trying to erase trans people. And it's it's pretty disgusting. And it's how often trans people are murdered and it just goes unchecked, just it's disgusting and it's awful. So to see this woman, she's so beautiful too on the cover is like phenomenal. Second person, our OG, who we love, Meg the Stallion, first uh, black rapper to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Fucking proud of you. And I love seeing Meg's body because it's a real body. Her stomach is not completely flat. She's got like, you know, I love me some fat. So she's got like fat. She's got... Not saying she's fat, but, you know, she has, like, meat. Homegirl is a stallion. I love Meg's body. And I just love that it's real, authentic, natural, and shakes, jiggles. Yes. Give me some rolls, and I'll take that every day over some abs, I swear. And the third is uh, Naomi Osaka, who just, this is a, a such a, a bold woman. Like she, she is amazing. She's the first Haitian Japanese woman to grace the cover of Sports Illustrated. And she's getting so much like hell lately. White women cannot leave her alone. It it like amazes me that they are so mad at her for not wanting to bear the emotional labor of these questions to the point where she decided to just was like, I'm just not going to. I'm not going to play. I do not deserve to take on this emotional labor. Y'all need me to be here. I am the act. And white people are fucking pissed. You mad that she didn't want to answer the question, so you want to find her. You mad because she said, okay, I'll take the fine, but I'm never going to answer the question. Then you wanted to eject her. She said, I'm just going to go. Now you mad because she felt the need to have the power, to take the, her power back and know that I'm not going to do anything that I don't have to do. I don't need any amount of money to make me do things that I don't want to do. And that's what y'all hate. You hate when y'all cannot control a black person. You hate when somebody uses their voice, any race, anybody uses their voice and they cannot be controlled by the masses, by the government, by white supremacy. You hate it so fucking much. And she stands firmly against it. And I love every bit of it. So three icons, love it. Y'all are my black sheep of the week. I'm just so grateful to just be a part of the community be a black woman to see this shit happen to see us in spaces because when one of us does it we all does it bitch what i have been watching so i've been watching so many things i'm just go down the list i've been watching fear street which i've only seen part one it was so good y'all I love a horror movie that's actually good. Like that, I, I clicked on it for two seconds on one of my breaks and I just could not stop. I was like 
As soon as I got off work, I finished the whole movie. I'm like, this is actually a good ass scary movie. Like it's, it wasn't just so scary. It was just good. The storyline, um, the main characters were lesbians. You know, that gets me. So it was like lesbian horror mixed with romance. It was like every bit of it was good. It, it was it was creepy. I still got to sleep that night. I loved it. Can't wait to watch part two and part three. And they're from like the same, I think, producers of American Horror Story. So, you know, your girl's already sold. B-Star season two came out. My anime buffs. We lit because B-Star is so, so good. It's got so many hidden messages. This season's more darker, seductive. I love it. I fucking love B-Star. I love uh, the characters. Me and Zuri are not happy with the fact that they changed the intro music, but we still with it. That show is dope. If you have not watched B-Stars, go watch it. Yes, cartoon anime. Y'all know how your girl gets down. Um, Yeah. Next thing I'm watching, still watching LA's Finest. LA's Finest, the storylines are so good. Every single episode is almost like a movie with how much they went into production. Like, it's almost like on the level that Bad Boys was on, but like each show. I've never watched a show that like each episode, the storyline was good. There's no bluff episodes where they're just um, buffering, just, just walking, just going through it to get to the next part. Like each episode... It's some surprising twists, shit. It uncovers so many things. They're so woke. There was there was an episode recently where like these two men were married and they were criminals, like Bonnie and Clyde. Well, they called them Ronnie and Clyde, but just the way that they celebrated them being gay. But they were like, "Well, but y'all niggas still going to jail." Was like just dope. Like, yeah, Space Jam. Space Jam was fucking good. Fuck what everybody got to say. Space Jam was good. LeBron cannot act. Neither could Michael Jordan. And how I feel watching Space Jam back in the day, because if you watch the first Space Jam now with Michael Jordan, you're like, what the fuck was we really on? But as children, we watched the giddiest shit. Like it was the movie. That's how this Space Jam was. They stayed true to the um, the era, technology. It was like it was good. It was really fucking good. They had uh, Don Cheeto in there and he did an amazing job. Like every bit of that show was good. I have my thoughts on Sarah Silverman. So it was a little eh, that she was in there, but they really was black as hell in this movie. Black kids, black people, true blackness. And I really, really fucking enjoyed it. Um, So if you didn't like it, you're a hater because we know LeBron can't act. But isn't it good that a black man can just naturally be the angry dad, like he just was not good at being the angry dad. He was not good at it. You could tell he's a loving, supportive dad, and that that was out of his comfort zone. It was it was great. It was amazing. Zoila, Zola, Zoila, whatever. That show about the strippers on Twitter who went crazy or a movie. Kiara and John went to go see it actually, but they said it was so good. And I'm like, is it good? Like I can want let Zuri take it because you know, I want her to be worldly and knowledgeable. And she was like, no, bitch. It's 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 like, well, um, well above her years, like super, super prostitution and big ass dicks. Apparently there was a Trump dick on there. Not like Trump, the president, because, you know, his his dick isn't big. Very tiny, very, very, very small, very shrimp, very um, it's giving. It's giving Cheeto, shrimpy, gross, sweat. Okay, anyways, the person in the in the show had a huge penis, and we should watch this movie. So I haven't got around to it, but I shall. Shit's Creek, still watching Shit's Creek. I recycle Shit's Creek so often that I I 
got to the root of why I love Shit's Creek. Shit's Creek is the first show I've ever seen where they showed sexuality with like no consequence. It wasn't like, oh, he's gay and, and we don't accept that and we're blah, blah. It never showed sexuality in any type of negative light. They just were gay. People will found out, oh, okay, y'all are together. Never let had the baggage of it being like a horrible thing. It was just so normalized that it made it gave you hope. It's such a good show. Recycle it, watch it, live it. Um, yeah, party favors. Again, guys, the world is burning. The world is burning. The fire in Oregon is like. This fire in Oregon that when I woke up and and went outside, it literally felt like the fire was in our neighborhood. I thought someone was barbecuing and it was like right down the street and it was just so much smoke. Kira wrote me and was like, all that smoke, that's in Oregon. This fire, this wildfires have become so normalized that it's like just a normal thing because of the environment. This wildfire in particular in Oregon has gotten to epic proportions, which is an understatement because this fire has began to create its own weather. So usually where like, and it's amazing because when, when Kira was telling me about all this, Zuri was like, Oh my God, this is literally like science happening. And I'm like, you're right. This is fucking science. And when I started to look it up, it was saying how science is, this has been like a huge, big ass Science experiment for them to to see that this is the first time a fire has gotten so big it's creating its own weather. Usually, like we monitor the weather to see like how the fire will be affected, when it'll go out, like if how things will change. The fire has gotten so big that it's created the weather. It's created its own thunderstorms. It's it's physically changed the weather. How big this fire was. It created its own clouds. It created its own cloud in the sky created thunderstorms it was that massive so while it's like amazing science in scientific terms it is horrific in like realistic terms that is insane that fires have become so normalized that like now this fire of epic proportions has caused its own weather like weather changed on the fucking map i know y'all be thinking the weather is already inconsistent no it created fucking weather okay all right, God is gonna come down here and strike us down because y'all not y'all y'all playing. Um, so we really, really need to take climate change so seriously. Like at this point, it's not even a discussion on whether it's happening or not. Y'all like dumbass President Trump had y'all believe in climate change is not real. Y'all want to keep on living selfishly and not caring. I'm making the commitment to go vegan this year because one of the biggest reasons for the world being so shit is how much. Like agriculture is dedicated to creating meat. How much meat we have at at, at our access, we are destroying so much of the world to create agriculture for for these animal slaughterhouses to keep mass producing animals to to feed off of them. That is one of the biggest concerns of the world. I'm not kidding. The fact that we consume meat. And we could easily go, y'all, vegan is not that hard. It's it's hard for people who don't like to cook. For me, it was so hard being vegan because I'm so used to just going out and getting food or like making something. Where you're vegan, you have to make it from scratch. If it was normalized that everything was vegan, they would just have all type of substitutions. The world would be so much better. We have to legit do the work. Like, I am not speaking to the fucking 
wall when I'm saying this. We have to individually give a fuck. It starts individually. You think if you're just this one person, it's not going to change the world. Bitch, Stacey Abrams was one fucking woman. She changed the whole state of fucking Georgia blue. Padow. Fuck what you talking about. Each person needs to take this shit seriously because, oh my God, I'm unraveling if my daughter has to grow up without me in this world and it's fucking shit. Because of our selfish asses. We have to fucking get it together. Um, last party favor. Uh, Jeff Bezos went to the moon. And I'm just going to leave you with the gift of the song Whitey on the Moon. Because this man. Let me look up his name. Because I have to do him justice. Whitey on the moon. By Gil Scott Heron. He created Whitey on the Moon. This song is banned in most countries. I think it may be banned in the US, but you know, I'm with the shits. We're going to play it right here, right now. Whitey on the Moon. Um, Yeah. The fact that this was made in literally, let me see, I think maybe the fucking 80s. This song was made so long ago. And it's still true to what's happening now. White people on the moon. Jeff Bezos, a billionaire on the moon. White people are down here fucking starving. And for the people who think he worked hard, he deserves it. Then you deserve to starve, bitch. Shut the fuck up. He did not fucking work hard for his fucking money. If you haven't realized it yet, America's a big ass game. And half these white people got cheat codes. Okay. If we play in the Sims, all them niggas got money load and um mother load and fucking kaching because they have all the means to, to hand down fucking money success my father gave me a small business loan of one million dollars why you hoes is eating beanies and weenies anyways whitey on the moon why the fuck we starving i'm getting the fuck out of here i'm gonna protect my peace fuck all y'all bye A rat done bit my sister Nell with Whitey on the moon. Her face and arms began to swell and Whitey's on the moon. I can't pay no doctor bills, but Whitey's on the moon. Ten years from now, I'll be paying still while Whitey's on the moon. You know, the man just up my rent last night because Whitey's on the moon. No hot water, no toilets, no lights, but Whitey's on the moon. I wonder why he's up in me because Whitey's on the moon. Well, I was already giving him 50 a week, and now Whitey's on the moon. Taxes taking my whole damn check. The junkies make me a nervous wreck. The price of food is going up. And as if all that crap wasn't enough, a rat done bit my sister Nell with Whitey on the moon. Her face and arms began to swell, and Whitey's on the moon. Was all that money I made last year for Whitey on the moon? How come I ain't got no money here? Hmm, Whitey's on the moon. You know, I just about had my fill of Whitey on the moon. I think I'll send these doctor bills, air mail special. To Whitey on the moon.